Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. I'm very excited today. I'm interviewing a woman that I've known for many years but haven't talked to in a little while. She's a prolific writer. She's amazing in the field. And we're talking about how you can self-publish your own book, which today so many people are doing. Her name is Dr. Jan Yeager. She received her M.A. in criminal justice from Goddard College, her Ph.D. in sociology from the City University of New York Graduate Center. Beginning at the age of 23, she began her first publishing career working in Macmillan. Since that time, she has written almost 50 books. And her books have been published by major houses like Simon & Schuster, Penguin Random House, Doubleday, Pretty amazing, amazing. And then she started her own company called Hannah Croy Creek Books. She's been interviewed on shows such as Oprah, The View, The Today Show, Good Morning America, and the list goes on. And her brand new book is How to Self-Publish Your Book, A Complete Guide to Writing, Editing, Marketing, and Selling Your Own Book from a woman who really, really knows because she's done it all. Welcome, Jan. Great to be back with you, Patricia. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. All right. So now you've had a successful career in both the worlds of traditional book publishing and self-publishing. When did you decide to enter into the world of self-publishing? And what persuaded you that that was a good venue, particularly when you'd been with some major houses? Well, truthfully, it started because I my early career was in Manhattan, and I was near the hub of publishing. And even today, uh, almost all of the five major houses are are right in New York City. Mm -hmm. And when I relocated to Connecticut to my husband and I to raise our two sons, I just found it really hard to do the kind of face-to-face networking that's so much a part of major publishing. And I decided in 1996, over 20 years ago, to take control of my, not only how the book was published, but when it was published, and what I would write about, and I embarked on this journey, which back in the late 90s was quite unique for someone with my credentials. Now, of course, it's become a lot more mainstream and popular. Right, but let me add, let me say something. You said something key here. You said you have control of when it's going to be published, the content, the format, which sometimes you lose when you go to a major house, right? They tell you what they want. Well, uh, here's an example. I got a wonderful advance, and I was working on a terrific book for one of the major houses. I won't say which one, but I gave birth to my um, younger son, and uh, the deadline was looming. But I had priorities, and I get a call from the editor, where's our book? And I said, well, I'm going to get it to you. No, I have a good track record, but I just had a baby. And I'm paraphrasing, but the gist of it was, we're happy you had a baby, but we want our book. Mm. (laughs) 
So, um, what happened? What happened? Uh, so, so I did. Uh, in fact, it wasn't my second son; it was my first son. It actually led to one of the highlights of my research career, which was I was determined to finish that book, so I brought my son with me on interviews. He was about a year old, and I have these wonderful pictures of him sitting on Jim Henson's lap. Oh. But, uh, but it was very stressful, and, and that's yeah. what I wanted to avoid with taking more control you know, to, mm-hmm. to have deadlines that would work with my schedule and you know, to do author tours when it was, you know, the time that was best for me and my family and, and, you know, and, and just go back to the kind of excitement about being in total control of the process that I felt when I started out in publishing in my early 20s. Mm. What do you think is the number one reason for a writer to self-publish their book? Uh, well, I did survey almost 100 different authors, and uh, 86 were self-published. And uh, the overwhelming reason was what I had just said about taking control. Uh, mm-hmm. And many of them had been published by major houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, they wanted to be able to you know, choose everything from the title to the cover to um, you know, the the timing of it, so taking control, and and for some it's just curiosity. Uh, you know, what's it going to be like? Is it going to be a positive experience? Do I really yeah. want to do this or not? So, but um, but taking but control is is a big part of it. Right. Well, Jan, if you sell enough copies when you self-publish, if you sell fifteen, twenty thousand copies, will a big house pick you up, or do you have that chance? Well. I don't think it depends. I don't think it's a number. I think that from my experience, uh, both my personal experience and all the the people I've interviewed, um, it's timing, it's buzz, it's platform. Uh, One of my clients got picked up by a major house after selling 50,000 books in the Mm. back of the room as a speaker and got Mm. a six-figure advance. Wow, and he actually didn't do as well with a major house as he had done really as a self-published author because he was much more successful selling in the back of the room rather than in bookstores and more traditional venues. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so uh, then there's stories, you know, like um, Still Alice, uh, Lisa Genova. Her book was initially self-published, and she got picked up by Simon and Schuster. But once again, I don't know if it was the numbers as much as the reviews and the buzz. So it, it what are, unfortunately, yeah. there's no generalizations. I think the key theme I want to share with listeners is always make having a good quality book the primary concern. Don't mm-hmm. start off worrying or thinking about how many copies you're going to sell. Right. Uh, really focus on is this the book I want to write? Is this the book I want to publish? And magic can come from that. Mm-hmm. What are some of the more famous and well-known writers whose self-published books went on to become classics or financial successes over the years? And which ones well, stood out you, for you? Well, Joy of Cooking is, is one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Elements of Style began as a mimeographed handout at Cornell University, and it's mm. still one of the top 
books about writing. Uh, The Martian, Andrew Ware's book, is a self-published novel that went on to not only be picked up by a major house, but become an Academy Award-winning movie. Uh, Mm. Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. Uh, Oh, yes. The numbers are (laughs) astronomical. Uh, The Christian-themed novel, The Shack. Yeah, and let me say something about Fifty Shades. A lot of people feel that that was not well-written. That it wasn't a well-written book. That's what I. That's the buzz I've read. I don't. I haven't read it, so I can't say that. Um, certainly, the movies did well. Certainly, yes. the yep. millions upon millions of people who have read it and mm-hmm. embraced it, uh, whether or not it was, you know, of the level of Gone with the Wind, it it was at a certain time and it. It was the talk of uh, book yeah. clubs, yeah. and you know, I, yeah. I would I trade places? Would I have a book that people would say what you just said and and have millions? You know, that remains to be seen. Right. Well, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. What would you say are the most common misconceptions about self publishing? Well, the first one is that you have to do everything yourself. Um, just because it's self-published, meaning that you are the one who's uh, publishing it rather than a indie press or a major house, that doesn't mean that you have to do the cover. That doesn't mean that you have to do the typesetting. Uh, that doesn't mean that you have to do the index if it's a nonfiction book. You do have to understand all the elements that go into a professionally produced book. That is a necessity because if you do decide to go with the self-publishing service that will provide you with some or all of the necessary steps to self-publishing, you need to be able to judge if they've fulfilled what a book needs to stand up to a Random House or a Simon & Schuster. Uh, So that's the first misconception that you have to do everything yourself. I think the second misconception is that you don't have to have a proofreader. Uh, it, it makes me cringe when someone will say to me, oh, I majored in English or I know how to write and I'm not going to spend the money because I can proofread my manuscript. You absolutely need to hire a professional proofreader. You need that trained extra pair of eyes to catch the uh, the occasional typo or spelling error. And fortunately, the cost of a proofreader is not, it can go from the low hundreds, you know, low hundreds to, you know, middle hundreds to, you know, less than a thousand. So we're not talking ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. So to skip that uh, step can really embarrass an author and make what could have been a book that had a chance standing up in the market be discounted as amateurish. Mm, interesting. For those in our audience who aren't already book experts, what is an ISBN number? Is it absolutely critical for everyone who's self-published to have one? And if you don't, what are the consequences? Okay, an ISBN number is the number that is given. Each country has one agency that's allowed to sell those numbers. 
each book has a, its own ISBN number, and part of the number is the, the, the identity of the copyright holder or publisher, and part of the number is, is, is generated by the ISBN agency. Now, here's where it gets a teeny bit complicated, but I'll simplify it for listeners. If you're only going to release your book through and as an ebook through Amazon through their Kindle program, you don't need an ISBN number because Amazon generates its own unique number. However, if you want to sell in any other e-tail, you know, retailer or brick and mortar stores, you will need that ISBN number. So now you you buy the number. Now some of the self-publishing services include an ISBN number as one of what one of the um, uh, one of their offerings. It'll then be a number attached to that company rather than your company. But if they're doing all the distributing for you and paying you a royalty, that's okay because all the money will be funneled through that company. But other than the Kindle system, you do, if you want to be in a brick-and-mortar store or any of the commercial retailers, uh, the ISBN number is the way that the booksellers can order your book, the libraries can order your book. It It distinguishes it from every other book in the world. And okay. and if you decide not to publish a book, you can't reuse that ISBN number for a different product. You have to retire that number if you've registered it with books in print. It'll always be tied to that project, even if it's defunct or never even mm-hmm. got published. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are talking to Dr. Jan Yeager, who is the author of almost 50 books now, and her newest book is How to Self-Publish Your Book, which offers sound and proven advice at every turn, enabling authors to avoid common pitfalls along the way to becoming self-published. So when we come back, uh, Jan is going to talk to us more about you know, how um, how we can really go about this. What are some things that we can do? And we'll talk more about self-publishing and, um, and answer, certainly answer questions. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? 
Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back with our amazing guest, Jan Yeager. And she's, um, again, she is a prolific author who's written over 50 books now. She has been published by major houses like Simon & Schuster and Random House and Scribner. She created her own company, Hannah Croy Creek Books, and she began at the age of 23 with her first publishing work. And she's been interviewed on major shows such as Oprah and The View and The Today Show and Good Morning America and CBS Sunday Morning and CNN and the list goes on. And her book, her newest book, is How to Self-Publish Your Book, A Complete Guide to Writing, Editing, and Selling and Marketing Your Own Book. Welcome back, Jan. Oh, thank you. And I also want to say that um, I went from traditional publishing to self-publishing, and over the 20-something years that I've been a self-publisher, I still do publishing with other houses. Simon mm-hmm. & Schuster came after I started my own company. How to Self-Publish Your Book is actually published by Square One rather than my own company because it's part of a writer's guide series that Rudy Schur, the publisher, has with I think they're up to six books now, and I was smart enough to know that it would be great to put this book in with a book where it, a line of books where they could cross promote each other. So, you know, authors, aspiring authors, seasons authors, we all have to consider what is the best way to publish this specific book. There's no Absolutely. one, one size right. fits all. And- and, and that's my next question. What format is the most important for a self-published book to be offered? Print, digital, ebook, audiobook, podcasts? What do you think? Well, that's another excellent question. I personally and professionally work very hard to release the books through my company in all three formats, ebook, print, and audiobook. <clears throat> because, <clears throat> sorry for a frog in my throat. Um, I've found that people tend to have their favorite way of d- 
getting content delivered. In other words, there are people who swear by e-books, but other people who would rather listen to a book. And there are, you know, occasionally when I go on the train, I see a few holdouts with print books. So um, if you publish in all three formats, you have the likelihood of hitting all your potential readers. On the other hand, the design format, the design requirements, and the the expense and the ease and the speed of publishing an ebook, if it's a very simple book, not if it's complex, can be much faster with ebooks. So that's a consideration. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I hate to say there's no easy answer. And what I do in How to Self Publish Your Book is help readers to really think about all these concerns and mm-hmm. make the best decision about their particular project. Okay. So in your book, you talk about tells, T-E-L-L-S. So for those in the audience who may not play poker, what exactly is a tell and what are some of the biggest tells that distinguish a self-published book from those published by maybe a traditional publisher? Oh, sure. Well, the first tell is that if you have someone write a foreword to your book, you have the word forward misspelled. So instead of the forward for a book, which is F-O-R-E-W-R-D, it's spelled forward like you're moving forward. Another tell, and this, if it's right on the cover, just immediately makes you look amateurish, is if it says the name of the novel or the name of the book, and it says by so-and-so. You never have buy on a cover. It's always just the author's name. Okay. Um, we talked about the ISBN number, so lacking one is going to be another tell. Um, a poorly designed front cover, that, that's another sign of an amateurish book. It mm. doesn't have to be a really expensive cover, It doesn't have to be the most original cover in the entire world, but it needs to conform to certain standards for a cover, and I have a whole chapter on cover design. Which is great. What are are some of the most prevalent scams out there for self-publishers that they need to know? You know, where people say, oh, we can self-publish your book, and maybe they're a scam. How do you know? How do you know the difference? Well, if if anyone makes... If anyone makes a promise that's unrealistic, like, don't worry, we can guarantee that your book is going to be a New York Times bestseller, or we can guarantee that we're going to get you on the major talk shows, uh, there are absolutely no guarantees. You know, earlier you asked me about what number do you need to sell for a major house to want to pick you up and republish your book. There, there is no magic formula. So you want a company that's going to do the best they can do, but they can't make artificially inflated promises. The other type of scam is uh, where you're dealing with someone who's charging what could be a, a, a fair fee, but they're incompetent. Their work is not up to professional standards. You know, an obvious one is a proofreader who's missed uh, a million typos. Uh, When I was first starting out, 
I didn't understand that people could call themselves certain things in this business and not have the comparable skills. So the very first proofreader I hired just had so many typos and missed so many things that were obvious. And then I decided to test out people and give them two or three pages from the manuscript and see how each one would proofread it. You know, just two or three pages, not, you know, like 20 pages, which wouldn't be a fair thing to test. And then compare the quality of the work as well as the price someone was charging. Uh, One of the ways to avoid being scammed is to use price as the only criterion there's too many other factors. Someone who charges uh, almost twice as much may actually be providing many more services yeah. and is worth that money compared to someone who you think that you're getting a good deal, but you're not either because the quality isn't there or what they're providing is a lot less than you thought you were getting. So, Jan, when you work with people, talk about what you offer. I mean, do you do everything? Or obviously, many times when you self-publish, you need help. It's not just you don't do it all yourself. So talk about what you provide and what other people provide. Sure. Well, no, I I actually could do everything because I started out doing everything. But I realized, as many self-publishers or publishers realize, is, hey, where are my strengths? Right. So... Uh, I think of one client I worked with where I got his first draft and then I was in the role of the development editor and I read it and I advised him about how it needed to be edited and shaped and reworked and what chapter was missing that he had to hire someone because that wasn't his area of expertise. And then when it came time for the actual typesetting of the book, I did work through someone I've used for many years who's excellent, so he did the typesetting. And I hired, he also is a cover designer, so he did the cover design. And I consulted with my client about getting the ISBN number because it was important that it would be in the name of his company and not my company. And then I oversaw getting it put into an audiobook format for Wonderful. through his own company yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And that uh, Jan, was a very extensive type of uh, consulting of job. Consulting. Uh, All right, we've only other, got about a minute left. So tell people how they can find you so you can listen to them and you know, give them an analysis and let them know what you can do to help them and how your company's full service. And that if oh, you don't sure. do it directly, you oversee it and you find them the best people to do certain things. Oh, sure. Well, I don't find them the best people. I do work with them through those people, but I could find them if they prefer it that way. Uh, the best way is to go to my website, drjanyeager.com, or to email me directly, jayeager, Y-A-G-E-R, at AOL.com. And, of course, uh, they'll find out a lot of information if they get how to self-publish your book. There's an extensive resource section in the back that people will probably find invaluable. All right. So, again, they can contact you. And, uh, again, the website, one more time. Uh, DrJanYeager.com. And, and 
or just email me directly, jayeager at aol.com, and okay. uh, How to Self-Publish Your Book is available through all the brick-and-mortar stores or the um, online uh, retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the indie uh, retailers as well. Um, okay. It's uh, right. everywhere. By the way, it went into a second printing uh, three weeks after being published. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the program, Jan. Such a oh, thanks. wealth of information. Thank you. Stay tuned. Stand the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this first uh, interview. Stay tuned. We'll be on for our next interview right after the break, right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.